Welcome to the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Lately, it seems as though all we hear about in the media is crisis this, crisis that, it's the end of the world, and on and on it goes. However, as Pastor J.D. will remind us in his prophecy update today, the Lord is in control. In his study, you'll learn that no matter how much panic man might try to induce, everything has a perfect timing, and that timing is God's alone. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 6th, 2019. I want to do something a little bit different for today's update. We usually look at the week's events from a prophetic perspective and sort of connect the dots of Scripture in terms of Bible prophecy with that which is taking place in the world today. But for today I sense that the Lord would have us look at and consider what I would argue is a global state of emergency. Please stay with me. I actually went online to Merriam-Webster's online dictionary, and I mean, I know what emergency means, but I wanted to see what the actual definition of the word emergency was. And here's what it said. One, an unforeseen combination of circumstances or the resulting state that calls, listen, for immediate action, emergency. Two, an urgent need for assistance or relief. Of particular interest to me were the synonyms that are listed. Boiling point, breaking point, crisis, crossroads, and flashpoint just to name a few. Also, Microsoft Word, you got to love Microsoft Word. It offers additional synonyms. Here are three. Disaster, tragedy, and danger. Would you agree with me (laughs) that we're at a crossroads? That we're at a boiling point, a breaking point, a flash point, if you will. I think you would agree that every single one of these definitions and the synonyms with them 
are an apt description of the state of the world today. And not just here in the United States, but more importantly, certainly prophetically, in Israel. I am of the belief that we today are at the aforementioned state of emergency as everything seems to be coming to a boiling point. Just yesterday, Arut Sheva published a report in which they quote Avigdor Lieberman, who chairs the Knesset Yisrael Beitenu party, as saying that Israel is in, quote, a state of national emergency. And by the way, I would venture to say that according to the media in the U.S. today, that it's also a constitutional crisis. How many times have you heard that as it relates to the President of the United States? Quoting, we are now at a political crossroads. The results of the elections lead us to a single conclusion. The people want a unity government. In light of the state of national emergency, the economic challenges, and the security threats in the north and south, and from other more distant places, I reiterate my call to Prime Minister Netanyahu and M.K. Benny Gantz, show responsibility and leadership. Put your ego aside and stop with the games, the spins, and the time-wasting. The state of Israel needs a strong and stable unity government. That was last night in Israel, Saturday. On Thursday, Arut Sheva also published the text of an address in which Israel's president, Reuven Rivlin, stated that, and I'm quoting, we're facing an emergency of Israel's democracy. We are facing a time of crisis for the house of Jacob an emergency for Israel's security and for Israeli society, an emergency for Israeli democracy, all that is dear to us. Forming a government, still quoting, is not only the wish of the people. More than ever in times like these, it is an economic and security need, the likes of which we have not known for many years. Israel's at the crossroads. He goes on and says, and I quote, as we read in the book of Ecclesiastes, there is a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak. My wife quotes that one to me all the time. <laughs> There's a time to be silent. Let your words be few, honey. Okay. 
I digress. A time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What I find interesting is that Rivlin was quoting from a well-known passage in the book of Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. And you know it well. It's a time and a season, and many songs have been written about it as well. But what really struck me about him quoting this passage is that chapter 3, in its context, paints a powerful contrast between time and eternity. Namely, that there's a time and season for every purpose under heaven, which should in turn point us to heaven. That's what the context of the passage is. Later on in that chapter, had he continued to quote and reached verse 11, here's what it says. Listen to this. He, speaking of God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. In other words, there's a time and a purpose for everything under the sun, given among men, on this earth, but there is a time coming when it's all going to come to an end. And that's the whole point of it. I, I know this might sound morbid, but in chapter 7 of Ecclesiastes, I, I almost always quote and teach Ecclesiastes 7 whenever I do a memorial service. And the reason is, is because Solomon says that it's better to go to a funeral than it is to a dinner party. What a killjoy, yeah? He says the day of our death is better than the day of our birth. Now first you're you're thinking to yourself, well, wow, that's, (laughs) yay. But he explains why. He says that it's when we're at a funeral that we're more introspective. See, at a memorial service, we're more likely to take the brevity of this life and the reality of death to heart. Why? Because God put eternity in our heart. If I'm at a wedding, oh my goodness, it's happy days are here. I should stop singing. I know I'm, I mean, things are good. 
We're not thinking about the brevity of life. We're not thinking like James says that our life is but a vapor. Eternity, heaven, it's, it's far off. The furthest thing from our mind. Boy, go to a memorial service. Oh, it was Martin Luther who famously said, even in the best of health, we should have death always before our eyes, so that we will not expect to remain on this earth forever. But, I love this, we'll have one foot in the air, so to speak. That's what Ecclesiastes is all about. It's the brevity of life, the vanity of life, the temporal nature of this life in this world. This world is passing away. As one said it so well, Soon one life will be passed, and only that which was done for Christ will last. What if I told you that this was the whole point of the Last Supper, which we're going to celebrate today? Hear me out on this. I was thinking about this. This is what the Savior had in mind. It was to have one foot in the air, because he's about to go to his death to pay in full for the free gift offered to us of eternal life. And the whole point of it is, uh, life is short. It's going to come to an end. God did not create you for time. Well, yes, there's a time for everything under heaven, a purpose. But God did not create us for time. God created us for eternity. I'm about to go back. And I'm coming back. But I want you to always have at the forefront of your mind and always remember that this is how it ends. (laughs) Always have that end in mind, living in light of eternity. That's what the Savior had in mind at the Last Supper. The time had come. He was going to die. His life on earth was coming to an end, and he would be crucified, he would be buried, and that he would rise again from the dead, defeating death once and for all. See, death was never God's original plan. Death entered the world because sin entered the world. The first Adam, Jesus referred to as the second and final Adam. He came and paid in full the penalty 
for mankind's sin. This is the good news. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ. This is what we're going to celebrate today with the communion table. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthian church, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. By the way, He's also going to say to the Thessalonian church, as we get into the study of both epistles, that He's coming back again, and that's the good news. It just doesn't end with that. He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day, soon and very soon. That's the good news. That is the salvation that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. We've been doing these ABCs of salvation for over two years now, at the end of every prophecy update. And the reason we do it is because it is a childlike explanation of salvation. Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So it's the acronym ABC, and the A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned against God. This is what it means to repent. There's a change of mind, a acknowledging of your sin, and a turning to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty pronounced on all because all have sinned. But here's the good news. The gift of God, it's a gift to us, paid for in full by Him, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And here's the C. It's for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth 
Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10, 13, lastly, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I would venture to say that you notice that I'm finishing rather quickly, leaving more time for our communion celebration. And that's what it is. It's a commemoration and a celebration. And as we do today, here's what I want, and here's what I have been asking the Lord for today. I don't ever want communion to become rote, just something that we do on the first Sunday of each month. I want for today's communion service to be very special in this sense. I want it for us to become the immediate action we take in light of the state of emergency that the world is in today. Maybe I can say it like this. Today's communion service is to get one foot up in the air, to get our minds stayed on Him, our eyes looking to Him as we wait for Him, and off of this world, this life, the brevity of this life. It's an introspective time to really have the Lord search our hearts and see if there be anything at all that is keeping us from knowing Him and loving Him and hearing Him. And I can go on and on serving Him. Why don't you all stand please. Father in heaven, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the blessed hope of heaven. Lord, I thank you for the reality of eternity. And Lord, I thank you for the communion table and all that it represents. Lord, as we look around and we see what's happening in the world today, it is becoming abundantly clear (laughs) that we're at a boiling point. And we are at that point. And so Lord, thank you. Thank you that we have your word, the more sure word of prophecy, and that we have this hope that you're coming to take us out of this world. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you 
come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.